Welcome to the Wellness Warrior Podcast. This podcast is for those who want to improve their mindset, radically transform their health, and get back more time to pursue what matters most. Everybody, it's your host, Jacob Keneally. Uh, I'm super excited for today's program. I'm joined here with a truly outstanding woman, CEO and co-founder of Paleo FX, Michelle Norris. Not only is she one of Paleo's most outspoken evangelists, she's also a speaker, motivator, and just a guiding light for all of those who are seeking deliverance from our broken healthcare and economic system. So today's going to be packed full of information, and I'm super excited, um, and I just can't wait. So Michelle, I really appreciate you being here. Um, yeah, so thank you very much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yep. So I just want to dive right in and just get to know your story. Um, so I understand, and I actually kind of find it funny that at one point you were an Italian chef, uh, you know, cooking the pizzas, the pastas, all that good stuff. And now you're leading this movement that is just the complete polar opposite. Um, so what point did you find out about paleo and getting into this health and fitness area and why? Well, uh, that's probably around 2005. Um, Keith was paleo for probably about a year before me. And uh, it was interesting because he was online talking to Rob Wolf and Art Devaney. They were talking about paleo, celiac, all of that. And so he had been telling me for probably close to a year um, that I that he thought that I had celiac based on the things that that Rob was telling him and based on my symptoms and how I was feeling and everything. And so uh, going paleo for Keith actually resolved a, what we thought was a genetic um, high blood pressure issue. And so um, it completely resolved that. So he um, obviously was a, a big proponent of the paleo diet. And so after about a year, um, I, uh, whenever I would make dinner, if I was not making something that he could eat, he would make his own dinner. And um, we had, this had been going on for about a year and then I was making pizza and pasta and everything. It was one of our kids' birthdays. I don't remember which one, but we, I'm over there making it and there's Keith making his own dinner. And I said to him, you really aren't going to have my pizza or pasta again, are you? And he said, no, and I really think you have celiac and you should go get it checked out. So I did and went and had it checked out. And at that time, back in 2005, they didn't test for the right antibodies. So I tested negative. And, um, but my doctor was convinced that I probably had some form of celiac because of my symptoms and how I was feeling. So he wanted to do uh, a colon biopsy. And I thought, well, no, I would just <laughs> rather take this out of my diet and see how that works. Mm -hmm. and so, um, that's what I did. I was paleo for about three weeks and all of my symptoms resolved. I had been diagnosed with IBS, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, and I had been diagnosed with early onset rheumatoid arthritis, but that was a misdiagnosis okay. um, because um, once um, all of these other issues resolved and the chronic inflammation kind of um, died away, I no longer had an RA um, diagnosis, which anyone that knows anything about um, rheumatoid arthritis knows that it goes into remission, but it does not go away. So I had just been misdiagnosed. So um, the other thing that it resolved was I had a, a low back pain and a knee pain that I didn't even realize I had until it was gone. So um, that's kind of how that happened. And then our son played select baseball and he had been out of season for about 12 weeks. And now, mind you, um, my um, diet was really pretty healthy other than we just had a lot of refined carbohydrates. So I we didn't eat a lot of fast food. We didn't eat a lot of processed food and a lot of junk food or anything like that. We might go to a fast food restaurant once or twice a month. And that would be predicated on the fact that one of our kids had some type of, of uh, sporting event that um, made it kind of necessary for us to eat out and eat quickly or whatever. But for the most part, I made all of our dinners at home. I made everything from by hand. And so we ate what I wouldn't say completely a, a standard American diet or a sad diet, yeah, yeah. but it was still close because of the fact that there was, you know, the refined carbohydrates. And so um, I, um, so this is the thing when you are eating a sad diet, particularly most women, you're going to yo-yo in your weight. Mm -hmm. And so 
I had everything from a size six to a size 12 in my closet. And um, for me, I didn't even recognize or realize that I was going back down in size, that I was dropping weight and everything. So our son played baseball and they had been out of season for about 12 weeks. So I didn't see the parents for approximately 12 weeks. And of the last um, 12 weeks, the last six weeks of that 12, I was paleo. And so um, when they saw me at the very first game of the season, they were like, oh my God, you look so amazing. You've lost so much weight. Your skin looks so healthy and mm -hmm. it's glowing and you just look so, you know, you, um, you just look wonderful. What have you done? And I had not done anything. And now prior to this, um, it, you know, I had just eaten paleo. I hadn't been dieting in which, you know, I had dieted all the time and I could really lose weight quickly mm -hmm. if I wanted to, but I hadn't done that this time. And this was what was interesting is, so when they, um, whenever I, like I said, I didn't notice that I had gone back down in size. And so, um, but prior to all of this happening, um, even after all of my health issues had kind of resolved at around three weeks or so, I was in a big state of denial. I had this belief and I was also angry. So I was yeah. really upset that I had to take these things out of my diet, these foods that I loved out of my mm -hmm. diet to be healthy. And so I was in a little bit of denial believing at some point in my life, I'm going to be able to put these foods back and I'm going to be fine. Right. And um, the other thing is I was a food writer and a recipe developer for a number of websites. And all of those re re recipes were all based on, you know, uh, obviously pasta, pizza, yeah. that type of thing, and a lot of um, refined carbohydrates. So I had not stopped any of that. I was still creating those recipes um, because I had this denial and anger and was of the belief that I would be able to put this back in my diet. But what's interesting is I, um, I when all of them came to me and started talking about how I looked great and I, you know, whatever. And I knew I felt really good and I felt really healthy. And they were talking about how my skin was glowing. I realized then that this was information that could help people. And I stopped being angry about it. And then I stopped writing for all the other websites. I created my own website that I now no longer have simply mm -hmm. because I have time with Paleo FX. Um, and um, that's the day Keith says a Paleo Evangelist was born. So... <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I mean, um, so my family has been paleo for probably two or three years, or paleo slash clean eating stuff. Um, um, and my mom, she actually researched it like you, and um, she used it to put her thyroid autoimmune condition into remission. Um, and with me as well, like I started following her lead kind of, and literally with it, I used to be 190 pounds, and within like a month or two months, I was 135, just like that from diet. Um, so, I mean, it's just so amazing what it can do. Um, so, like I said, I've been paleo for like three years, but this question is kind of for me. Um, I'm noticing that I'm becoming a little lenient with healthy junk food. Um, you know, like the Siete chips, Simple Mills, cookies and crackers, uh, paleo puffs, all that stuff. It's clean ingredients, but it's still processed, not yeah. real raw food. Um, so I'm just wondering, do you include these kind of things in your diet at all? Or is it just something you indulge upon every once in a while? Yes. So, yes, I definitely have. Okay, so the paleo puffs are like crack for me and so yep. are CFA chips. So, um, uh, yeah, I do have all of those. And the thing is, is that it, there is nothing wrong with indulging in that stuff on a regular, you know, occasionally, mm -hmm. but not on a regular basis. You don't want to have it in your diet every single day because yeah, it's, although point. it's better than what's out there, like Doritos, Cheetos, and Fritos, yeah. um, you're doing better having these um, foods. But at the same time, it's really, you want to honor your body and give mm -hmm. it the best possible nutrition that you can. And so um, having those on occasion is is great. And, there, and this is the thing, when you do it, don't feel bad about it. Don't, you know, really enjoy it and really um, not, don't feel shamed by it or anything like that. It's what you need to just ask yourself the question is, Am I relying on this at, because and wanting this because I'm bored? Am I really truly hungry? Am I wanting to have this in lieu of real food? Those are the things you need to really get. And that's when that can be problematic. But, you know, if you're indulging in it, um, you know, 
once a week or every couple of weeks, there is definitely nothing wrong with that. You need to enjoy the foods that you do eat. And even if you indulge in things that are really definitely not healthy, what we would say, like a regular um, cake that has gluten and stuff in it. Same thing. If you're going to do it, enjoy it. Know that you're going to probably pay for it and not feel very good afterwards. But enjoy it and savor it when you're having it. And don't beat yourself up about the fact that you decided to to indulge in this, but be very mindful about making that choice and making the choice to actually honor whether or not you're really wanting to have something like that. And the thing is, as I do, I still do occasionally. Um, I definitely, um, I have, I take a lot of, I take enzymes, digestive enzymes. Mm -hmm. I don't have a gallbladder, which I need anyway, but I take digestive enzymes and I take um, um, safety net um, and whenever I eat out or um, if I know that I'm going to probably end up having something that has some kind of gluten in it, I will do that. I did, it turned out that I don't have full-blown celiac. I do have a really high intolerance for it. Okay. But, um, you know, the thing is, is that we all make our choices. And, mm -hmm. and occasionally, if it's a special occasion, I will indulge. Um, but I don't indulge a lot. And I always make sure that I take safety net if I if I'm indulging gotcha it's good stuff okay um so I want to talk about paleo effects soon but before we do that I kind of want to diverge into like our modern medicine system a bit if that's okay Absolutely. Um, so there's just so much chronic disease out there and so many people just accept it as normal really um I saw this thing on Facebook the other day um it was like a little quote and it said um like, tell me again how you'll eat the fast food, drink the sodas, take the prescription medicine, like, get injected with vaccines without question. Um, but then when somebody says there's a new diet that'll, like, help you out, there's alternative treat treatments, they want the research. Like, they're really hesitant. They don't buy into it at all. Um, and I think that's kind of the same thing with our healthcare system. I mean, people, we just do what we're told that we take our pill. And it's just covering up our symptoms, right? And it's not actually attacking or curing the root problem. Um, and since it's not curing the root problem, we're taking these pills for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's kind of, the system is set up like a genius um, business model, really, because the food makes us sick. Then they make us these prescription medicines that we have to pay for that cover up symptoms. Um, but then they also create new symptoms, so we have to buy more medications, and it's just this vicious cycle. Um, so I'm just sitting here like, when are people going to get sick and tired of being sick and tired and wake up to what's happening, right? Um, so what is like your take on all this, and how do you think that we as a society can move towards giving the body what it needs to heal rather than just covering up our problems? Well... You've said a lot there. <laughs> I completely agree with everything that you said. The system that we currently have is by design. It is um, by it initially when when the system, the particular um, medical system that was created for us, was a system that was needed at that time because we had communicable diseases. And by and large, we have overcome most of those communicable diseases. Um, the thing is, is that there is not a need for the system that we currently have anymore. We um, need a new system where we are actually um, going after the diseases of modernity and we're going to the root cause. And the thing is, is that um, we are, have been putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound is how I would um, describe the way that we handle um, particularly taking prescription drugs. And like you said, you know, then you get one prescription and then it just ends up cascading into a whole bunch of prescriptions. The thing is, is that that is um, also part and parcel to the system that we currently have in the and the environment and the society that we now have as well, because everybody wants a quick fix. Mm -hmm. And so they don't want to do work to try to they don't want to have to um give anything up they don't want to have to to um suffer or whatever suffer like with 
you know, having to give up certain foods or doing all this stuff. They don't want to do all of that stuff. They just want to take a pill and have that taken care of. The problem is, is until people really wake up and the, um, the, the pain of, um, the pain of the situation that they're in ends up being a bigger pain than the solution. Yep. Um, that's the only way that this is going to start happening that where people are going to actually start doing things about it. The problem is, is that sometimes it takes a really drastic situation for somebody to do, you know, getting cancer or mm -hmm. getting, you know, having some type of uh, disease, heart disease. Um, even people who end up with diabetes type two diabetes, still there a lot of times they're just like okay well give me a pill because that'll take care of it and i can still keep eating yep. you know my ho-hos ding, ding ding dongs and, and, <laughs> and doritos well the problem is is that that's not that's again putting a, a band-aid on a gunshot wound diabetes type 2 diabetes is completely and absolutely reversible there is no reason no reason in the world for anyone to have type two diabetes and living with it. Um, so the thing is, is that at the end of the day, making the choice to change your lifestyle is a better option than continuing to take a pill that actually is going to be toxic for you and make you further sick down the line where you are actually um, having to, you're gonna, this is the problem, is that what when people don't recognize that they're gonna either pay now or they're gonna pay later. One of the you have no choice in the matter. You're either going to pay to be healthy, and that means taking the time to exercise, taking the time to eat right, to do the things that you need to do for your health, to manage your stress, to do all of these things. You're either going to take that time and pay for it now, or you're going to pay for it later, and you're going to pay for it in big ways later. You're going to pay for it in money. You're going to pay for it in your um, quality of life. You're going to pay for it and suffering a whole lot more down the road. And God knows, we don't know what kind of healthcare system we're going to have in the future. Mm -hmm. So it's best to try to stay out of that system because you don't have any idea what that's going to land. We are losing 168 doctors per day from the system simply because of the what's been created. Um, the Obamacare um, program has created a big void for and a problem for doctors and they're not getting paid what they need to get paid so they're having to see more patients so all a lot of them who really went out to and became a doctor because they really wanted to help people mm -hmm. are feeling like really disenfranchised and disconnected from the system that, that that's now created because how much quality can you give a patient when you have to have three patients scheduled at one time to be able to pay your bills and you're just barely being able to do that and cover your insurance and cover all of these things. So at the end of the day, we have all of these doctors opting out of the system. Well, what's going to be left? That's the question people need to, and what, do you really want to be in a system where we have very few really good doctors and you're going to have to be waiting in line for you could be in line for months years if you've got a health uh, issue it might might be take you a long time so we don't know what's coming mm -hmm. so the best way to to avoid that is to get healthy and to do the work now and so you're not paying later and 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 also in a system you don't know what it's going to be gotcha geez that was that was some powerful stuff there <laughs> Um, I mean, just to add on to that, um, I'm kind of a believer that like our bodies are created to heal as well. I think you are as well. Like our bodies have this innate power to heal themselves. We don't need all this other stuff. It's right. just about removing the interference and letting the body do its job. Um, right. and I think what a lot of people don't realize is that the symptoms that we're feeling, that's our body telling us like something, something's up. Um, but we just ignore them with our pills, um, even though the body is telling us, like, you got to take action now. You need to change stuff up. Um, I actually just started going to this um, Max Living chiropractor. His name's Dr. Brandon Schreiner. And he taught me that it takes 40% damage to our bodies to actually feel any initial symptom. And that's yeah. a lot of damage right off the bat. Um, and then when we ignore those with drugs and medication, we cover it up the damage keeps occurring, but we feel good, right? 
And then eventually there's just so much damage, like you said, when that's when the cancer and the chronic disease just pops mm -hmm. up. And people think it's kind of bad luck, but your body's been telling you something's been wrong for 20, 30 years. It's not, I mean, I just don't think it's that big of a surprise. Um, and I know you're kind of passionate about this too, or outspoken, like the last 10 to 20 years of our lives, it's not supposed to be stuck in a nursing home with a diaper being spoon fed, all this crap. Um, you know, we're supposed to be active and vibrant and full of energy until we die in our sleep, really. Um, and the only way to achieve that is by changing, changing the foods we eat, you know, the thoughts we feed our mind and then our lifestyles. Um, and so I just think that's why it's so important for people to just learn about all this stuff, learn about your message, and then all the messages of the thousands of other people that are like seeing miracles in their own lives and in their families from escaping the system that we find ourselves in today. Um, so that's just my take on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> let's get into Paleo FX now. So for those who don't know, can you talk about what Paleo FX is um, and how and why it came about? Yeah, so um, Paleo FX is a three-day immersion event into the Paleo lifestyle. Uh, a lot of people believe that this is a nutrition conference. It is not. There is very little nutrition that is actually covered at Paleo FX anymore, um, simply because um, through all of the different um, talks and presentations and panels and demonstrations and um, workshops that we have, um, if you have the opportunity to ask any of our speakers questions, if you've got uh, nutrition questions, they'll, they'll be happy to answer it. But by and large, we don't have, it's not a lot about the nutrition piece anymore because most people that come to Pillow FX actually get that. It's about dialing it in and really tweaking it and customizing it to be your own Paleo diet because there's not just one Paleo diet. Uh, there's you know, as many people as there are, there's that many paleo diets. And so, because um, what works for me may not work for you. And I know that my diet is not anywhere near the same as my husband's diet. So, um, so we don't cut, there's, there's some of that that's covered there, but that's not what the conference is about. We believe in six pillars of health that paleo affects. And we believe that those start with physical health, mental health, emotional health, relational health, financial health, and spiritual health. So all of those are covered at Paleo FX. And um, I know a lot of people would be like, wait, um, spiritual health. Well, at the end of the day, we uh, believe you need to believe in something because in order to have hope and to have positive outlook, you need to believe in something that's bigger than yourself. And that can be whatever. I'm not telling you what to believe. We don't, we don't preach about anything. What we talk about is spirituality of being a human in a very spirit, you know, living in a, a, a human body in a very spiritual experience. And so that's really what this whole experience is at being a human and being alive. And we explore consciousness. We also talk about, um, everything from sustainable agriculture and regenerative agriculture to um, decentralizing markets, education, the healthcare system, all of those things. So we cover all of that at PaleoFX. Um, and the, the other piece of that as well is that um, we, you know, some people would question, well, the financial health. Well, the other thing is, too, is if you have financial freedom, you also have the ability to have better health because yeah. you're free from worry around money. Because that's one of the largest stressors in this world. And, and one of the biggest creators of unhealth is our financial situations. So those are things that you, we, you know, we discuss, we discuss minimalism, all of that kind of stuff and not being a... Um, it's a, like that whole saying of, of um, do you own your possessions or do they own you? So those are things that we look at at Pillow FX. And so it's a holistic health conference. It's um, about your overall health. It's about removing toxins from your life 
not just the toxins that you consume um, in your food, but also toxins that you use in your home and you you um, put on your body. Women put on average per day 78 toxic chemicals on their body. Skin is your largest organ and mm -hmm. it's the biggest synthesizer of the environment into our internal health. And so if you're putting toxins on your body, then you're putting them into your organs and into your brain and into all your cells. So um, we, you, we talk about being able to remove those types of things. Um, we also t talk about toxic thoughts, toxic people. These are all things that you need to remove from your life. And so like I said, Pillow FX is not a nutrition conference. It is a holistic um, health lifestyle conference and immersion event. Gotcha. Um, so I'm just kind of curious. You talked about how you found out about paleo earlier, mm -hmm. um, but when did you start getting into like uh, all this toxicity stuff with the body? And I know you're into like, uh, I forget what you said. They were like plant therapy or plant um, something. Yeah. How did you get into all that stuff? Oh boy. Okay. Well, okay. So let me kind of go back a little bit and, and tell you how we started pillow effects. So pillow effects, um, our daughter, Brittany was killed in a car accident and on May 2nd of 2009. And, um, she was killed three days before her 23rd birthday and a week before her college graduation. She was a worship and music ministry major and had planned to work, uh, was going to be a minister and planned to work in the mission field. And so, um, when we held her first memorial service on what would have been her 23rd birthday and there were about 700 people in attendance and we had a receiving line and we were literally receiving the majority of these people. I don't even know how many hundreds of people we talked to, but they all just kept telling us how she had changed their life. And it wasn't in a superficial way. It was like, she changed my life because she said this, or she changed my life because she did that. And so um, it was a little overwhelming for us. But um, the other thing is her college, which is where this first memorial service for her was held, gave us a very large photo album that's filled with hundreds of letters from people telling us how she changed their life too. So we realized really quickly that we, um, we didn't want this um, legacy of changing people's lives to die with her. Um, so we thought there's some, we have to do something to carry on that legacy. And um, Brittany's lips, um, she was a really gifted and beautiful musician and singer. She had the gift of worship and of prophecy and um, of um, being able to um, oh, just really, really touch people, um, the way that she spoke to them and the way that she preached. And so um, she, and she operated beautifully in those gifts and clearly changed a lot of people's lives, not just in our country, but over in South Africa and in Ireland as well. So they held memorial services there for her as well. So when we, so we started really thinking about this, okay, how do we carry on her legacy? Because those are not our gifts. We can't sing, um, very little. Um, and so we decided the way that we we carry on her legacy is we operate in our gifts, which was food and nutrition and fitness and health and wellness. Um, we were, um, uh, so we were, we owned gyms um, just until just recently, we were part owners in a small chain of boutique style gyms. And um, what happened is when we, um, in 2011, we attended the inaugural Ancestral Health Symposium. Keith was a speaker at that event. And lots of science. It's a very uh, decidedly academic um, symposium. And so when we were leaving, we're sitting on the tarmac at LAX, getting ready to leave. We're on the airplane. And I started talking to Keith about, you know, some of the things that I felt like they really should have been, they sh should have been doing, like they should have been doing demonstrations and showing people how to do all this. And when we really started talking about it and realizing this is an academic conference, that's not going to change. That's not the kind of conference that it, that it should be. It, um, so we realized that there was a disconnect for people. Our clients, um, you know, that we were training and coaching them through, you know, the paleo diet and everything. But this was the thing. At the end of the day, 
they, the science is kind of irrelevant to them. Um, they're happy it exists, but unless they know how to use it in their daily life, they just don't care. And so um, while we love the science and we geek out on it, that's, that's all great for us. But what people need is to know how does the science work in my daily life? What does that look like? What does it look like? When, what time of day do I eat? When do I eat? What do I eat? Um, do I lift? Do I ride? Do I run? Do I, you know, bicycle? What do I, yeah. what do I do? Um, and, and how often do I do that? And so, and when do I do that? And so we realized that what was needed was a practical conference, a conference that showed people how to put paleo to work in their daily life. And so, um, when that opportunity came up, we realized this was an opportunity to carry on Brittany's legacy. So this was August of 2011. By October of 2011, we had made the decision to move forward with PaleoFX, and we launched PaleoFX on March 14th, 2012, which was also mine and Keith's anniversary. So um, that's kind of the backstory of, of PaleoFX and how um, that was created. And so the thing is, is that at the end of the day, my, all of our hope was that we would continue to change people's lives through PaleoFX, and um, that and that's what's happened. We've been able to to do that, and so that's really how um, we ended up um, getting kind of into all of this and bringing about bringing about um, Paleo and PaleoFX conference. Gotcha. Um, so. I was actually listening to a few other podcasts that you were on, um, and you mentioned that you weren't actually profitable for the first few years. You're actually losing money, uh, but that's because your focus was on helping people, which is totally awesome. Um, but then eventually you did find out that when you make more money, that's when you reach more people and you ultimately can help more people. Um, right. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle to understand, but it's true. Um, but I'm just wondering, did you have any mentors uh, guiding you through the process of like building PaleoFX in the business, or was it just you and your husband just working through step by step and figuring things out? Um, well, honestly, it was just me because um, okay. Keith was actually running our other business. So we um, PaleoFX for until um, December, 2015, which was right before the 2016 event. Um, it was literally only me. I, I hired my first employee, um, December of 2015. And, um, he took over the, all of our social media at that point. Cause I was doing that. I was yeah. organizing the conference, getting all the speakers, you know, taking care of, so it was a lot of stuff that I was I was totally responsible for. So there was we had a lot of volunteers that would come in the last couple of weeks or months um, before Pillow FX to help. But um, at the end of the day, it was really just me. Um, the mentor that actually gave us that insight about making money, um, giving us a bigger you know more reach was Darren Hardy. He's the um, he was the former editor of Success Magazine, and he's interviewed everybody who's anybody, Oprah, Tony Robbins, every kind of, every president, you know, you name it. Yeah. He's interviewed every mover and shaker in, in the world. And so um, he um, he's the one that actually, I, I had an opportunity to sit down with him. I was, um, I'm involved in a company called ID Life. Um, my company, out of that company is ID Life Wellness. And it's a customized nutrition um, company and um, uh, it's a network marketing company. And I was involved in it in their very first event. Um, we went and we had the opportunity to sit down with him because I'm one of the field leaders for the company. And um, and Darren Hardy is the one that talked to me and, and to Keith about our, our business and asked us, why is it successful? And we were like, well, you know, it's... Um, it's fundamentally successful, but it's not financially successful. And I, and he was, and you know, I basically told him that we don't really care about that because at the end of the day, all we care about is, you know, how many people we reach and how many people's lives we're changing. As long as it breaks even, we're happy with that. And he asked us if we would be open to him giving us some advice. And we were like, sure. And he said, just, you know, stay open to this. And he said, but it's great that you're mission motivated. You're not money motivated. He said, but 
Just think about this. If you make more money, you can touch more people's lives. The thing is, is that we honestly had a real ick factor around making money around mm -hmm. people's health. And now I've realized that there's probably not anything more noble and more honorable than helping somebody get healthy. And there's no better reason or way to get paid is by helping somebody get healthy. So my a lot of people who are passionate about helping people get healthy also have the same ick factor around it. And of course, there's been a lot of stigma around the fact that doctors have, in the past have made a whole lot of money um, and, and haven't really done that great of a job in helping people get healthy simply because the system that, that doctors are trained into. And so um, the thing is, is that I think we need to really shift all of that. And when we shift and we create a new paradigm, a new healthcare system that's truly about healthcare and not about sick maintenance, um, then I think that you're going to see that people have no problem with um, doctors making a lot of money or people making a lot of money if they're health coaches or what have you, because there's not, like I said, not a more honorable way to earn your living is by giving somebody or helping somebody get healthy because you're giving them freedom back in their life mm -hmm. in some way, fashion or form. And so, um, and I know I just realized that I actually didn't answer your other question about plant medicine. So <laughs> I'll, I'll go back and answer that real quickly. Um, so yes, um, plant medicine is something that both myself and Keith are um, very um, passionate about and very involved in. Um, we got involved in it in 2015 and um, we've had, um, talks and um, panels about it uh, at Pill Effects since 2013. So it was something we were very interested in. We did a lot of research and we made the decision to get involved in it. And it's tremendous um, for, it's completely changed my life, the way that I think about things, the way that I handle um, my responsibilities as a leader and as the, a female CEO of our company. And so that's drastically changed the way I look at things and the way that I do things and the way that I treat people as well. So there was a very difficult time for me prior to working with plant medicines where I was um, very much operated in my masculine instead of in my feminine. And, um, and I think for a lot of women that happens when they get into a place of leadership or a place of power in a company um, we tend to operate in the masculine because we're like, we're used to this being a man's world. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is, is that when we attempt to um, mimic what a man would do or say, or how they would act or how things would be, they would lead, we are not being true and authentic to who we are. So it doesn't come across the same way as when a man does it. So a lot of women will say, well, if a man did what I did or said what I said, he would be called assertive or whatever. He would be given accolades for it. But when I do it, I'm called a bitch or whatever. Well, yeah, that's what happens because we're actually not operating within who we truly are and who we are authentically and genuinely. So I noticed that I ended up having much more buy-in and much more, um, my team came on board and, and was more willing to allow me to influence because this is the other thing, the acting in the masculine is more about control than it is about influence. And, and in all honesty, you don't want control, you want influence because control is an illusion for one thing. But it's also um, when you think about the fact that you would you rather control something or would you rather influence something? There's a there's a lot more involved in influencing something. That means you've commanded respect. That means people want to follow you or be involved in your vision or mission or whatever it is that you're leading. They want to come along. They're not they're not doing it because you're the one in charge and writing their check. Now I have a team that loves what we do and they are so involved and they, they have a vision for the company as well. They have ideas, they have autonomy, they have the um, ability to create within their positions. And so now it's different. I don't just control and run the show and tell everybody how things are going to be. Do I, at the end of the day, have the final say? Yes, I do. But I don't no longer go, I'm the CEO and I said so. So that's why we're going to do this. Now it's a collaboration with my team. Now they can influence and I can influence how they think about things because they know what my vision is for the, the conference. And now 
they have influence because they can say, oh, okay, so this is your vision. So these are the ideas that we have. And it becomes more of a collaboration and they own what they do. So that has been tremendous. And that's only happened because I've been working in plant medicine. Gotcha. So what do you mean exactly when you say plant medicine? Because I'm just not, I don't really know a lot about that. Is that like essential oils or what? <laughs> can you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so plant medicine are um, ooh, adaptogenic um, plants and um, herbs and stuff that are used to um, tap into your higher consciousness. So um, we would talk about, so we talk about ayahuasca at PillowFX, we talk about psilocybin, about um, uh, iboga and um, DMT and um LSD, psychedelics yeah. that help you tap into your higher consciousness. And this is the thing. These are things, these are not recreational drugs. So mm -hmm. I want to be really clear about that because you probably hear, heard LSD and psilocybin mushrooms, whatever. These are actually adaptogens that have been used for thousands upon thousands of years by um, medicine men and um, women that have worked through their tribes. We're talking going back generations after generations that have actually worked through these through families through um uh different types of lineages and they um have been able to help them heal emotional wounds emotional trauma that type of thing one of the things that i will say is that almost all disease comes from emotional trauma that is stored in your body and the problem is is that we no longer use the mechanisms that we used back back generations generations back we no longer use those mechanisms to rid the body of those traumas and so one of the things that you'll you you see is um there we always had a mechanism for being able to get rid of that and being able to release trauma from our body and now since we don't we have it stored up and we end up getting sick cancer you name it all of these things the thing is, is that animals, if you go and watch animals in the wild, so say a gazelle is being chased down by a lion and it gets away. It has adrenaline running through its body. And so in order for it to get rid of that trauma and that adrenaline so it does not cause problems for him, it throws itself down on the ground and shakes to get rid of it. So that whole song shake it off is really really a beneficial thought process around what we need to do as humans because one of the things that we do is immediately like when our child cries or our child is upset or hurt or whatever the first thing we want to do is stop them from crying and stop them from shaking or stop them from feeling whatever it is they're feeling instead what we need to do is talk them through it, allow them to feel it. Don't grab hold of them. Don't try to, to keep them from feeling all of that stuff. What you need to do is allow them to feel all of those feelings because this is the problem. We're no longer in touch with our feelings either anymore. We're super disconnected. It's the funniest thing to me sometimes. We're the most connected wired in technology. We're the most connected we've ever been and we're the most disconnected we've ever been, which is really ironic when you think about it. But the reason is that we're no longer connected. Our mind and our body and our spirits are no longer connected to each other. We've disconnected them. And so if we put that all back into place and we start really connecting with who we are, who we are emotionally, who we are in our thoughts, all of those things, we, you know, we actually start restoring health. Those are part of the things that, that happen. But also, like I said, when a child is crying and whatever, allow them to feel through that. Ask them questions. Ask them how they're feeling. What are they feeling? Are they, you know, let them know they're going to be okay. Obviously, if they're bleeding or something like that, you want to you want to try to take care of that. But the the emotional part, the crying, all of that stuff, don't try to stop it. And that's what we do. We stop it. And so those are things that they need to do to release it and let it go. And we now stop all of that process. And so um, we have um, different types of plant medicines that help us be able to tap into those traumas and get rid of them and release them and shake them off. 
And so um, there's other things like that happen at Pillow FX too. We had um, workshops this year on, they call it TRE. It's traumatic release exercise. It is an exercise um, that is specifically um, made for releasing trauma. One of the things um, there was um, uh, Michael Berselli, he noticed that when there was bombing that was happening back in World War II, the children, they would be in the, um, you know, in the bomb shelters, the children would be shaking. And the parents, of course, would not be shaking. They would be, you know, concerned and what have you. And what would happen is the very next day, the children would be resilient and happy and playing and had totally not, and the parents were still holding on to the trauma because they didn't shake. They didn't have that mechanism for releasing it. And so, um, so this is the thing. You hear LSD, you're thinking probably recreational drug. And my thought process around all of these plant medicines is these are considered plant medicines for a reason. They are not drugs. And the reason that they are, they are only to tap into higher, um, higher self-conscious, you know, higher consciousness and tap into your higher self, not as a means for escape. A drug is a means for escaping your life. This is not a means for escaping. It is a means for actually going deeper into your life and into who you are. And that is not, I'm just going to tell you, not for the faint of heart. And it is not easy. It is hard work. And it is work. It is not, it's you go in and you tap into some traumas and stuff that you've had in your past, in your life that, and in your past, that can be very, very difficult to deal with. And, but you deal with them and you release them and you don't hold on to them anymore. And so a lot of people are, you know, probably like, oh my God, you know, why would you advocate for people doing drugs? I don't advocate for people doing drugs. What I advocate for is people using plant medicines in the way that they were intended and the way that they have been brought down for generations and generations and through churches, which is, um, and particularly the Catholic church, the Christian church, um, there's the churches here in the United States, um, Santo Daimi, they actually use ayahuasca and it is a means to tap into higher self and into the divine. And so those are things that um, I we feel very passionate about because it has m made tremendous change in my life and in my husband's life and in our family's life um, because of it and, um, and in our businesses as well. Gotcha. That was a lot of good stuff. Uh, do you meditate as well? Yes, I do. I also meditate. I bookend my days. So in the morning, I usually get up and read something um, that is really uplifting and, um, you know, some type of either um, self-development book or I read from the Bible. Um, I also, um, in the evening, I generally meditate before bed. Um, simply because it helps me, you know, shut my brain down because my brain is constantly going. And so it helps me to sleep at night. So that's what I do is book in my day. So I start with, start with something positive end with something positive because whatever you're focusing on before you go to bed is what's going to be running through your dreams. Even if you don't remember your dreams, um, it is something that can cause issues for you and not for you to not be able to sleep well and for you to not feel refreshed and rejuvenated the next day is if you are dwelling on something that's negative before you go to bed, that's generally going to be playing through your dreams and through whatever you're dealing with during your sleep. And so you're going to probably not have very good sleep. So I always recommend doing something before bed that's very relaxing and very positive, which meditating is, is both of those things. Um, and then I always read something that's um, positive, but not like I don't do self-development. I don't do any of that stuff before bed because that stimulates my brain and starts making me go, oh, I can do this and I can do that. And anyway, so, and then I wouldn't be able to sleep. So um, anyway, so that's what I would recommend. Gotcha. That's kind of a good segue um, into what I want to talk about next. So I'm a big believer that our personality dictates like our personal reality and you have to change your inner world before you change your outer world. Um, so I'm just, I'm wondering, while you were in the process of, you know, building Paleo FX and just attracting all these different, uh, like, successes into your life, were there new habits or routines or, I guess, spurts of personal growth, if you will, that you noticed? 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think probably you can say that being an entrepreneur is probably one of the most um, extensive self-development courses you'll ever take. So, yeah, I definitely um, feel like that's been, um, you know, you it, it's hard to build a business if you're not getting better. And the thing is, is um, the only thing that we control at the end of the day is is us. We only can control, there's nothing else you can control. The only thing you can control is how you either react or you respond to something. And you make the choice of whether you're going to react or whether you're going to respond. And response takes mindfulness. It takes, you know, lowering your, 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 um, yourself in your central nervous system into your parasympathetic. Reaction is staying in um, staying in your um, your sympathetic and not allowing yourself to breathe and and relax and um, create the opportunity for response. So when you react, it's usually knee jerk. It's usually not well thought out. It's usually when you are probably high adrenaline, really in, in an emotional state. And so I have been able to work through that where. Um, and I'm not perfect, so I don't want anybody to think I'm perfect because I there's still times where I react and um, I. But nine times out of ten, I choose to respond to something instead of reacting to something. And so that is one of those things that you you recognize, and especially doing plant medicine is that was one of the first lessons that was taught to me is you have control over nothing. Like you have control over nothing. That's an illusion to have control. And the only thing that you can control is yourself. You cannot control anything else outside of your yourself. You can only control how you act, how you respond, how you react, how you um, move in the world, how you think, how all your energy, all of that is the only thing that you can control. You cannot control another person um, or thing. So that's the thing is, is realizing that and then working with that. Gotcha. Um, okay, so uh, before we end, can you just tell everybody um, where they can find out about Paleo FX and uh, this year's dates? Yes. So um, Paleo FX, it can be found at paleofx.com, P-A-L-E-O-F as in Frank, X is next right, .com. You can find tickets there and the dates and everything will be there for you. And um, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter on Instagram at paleofx. And you can go to our um, website um, and follow our blog and get it on our email list to find out all kinds of information about all the different things that we do throughout the year. This is not just a one-time um, a year event. We have a lot of stuff that goes on throughout the year, and we um, have built the largest paleo health and wellness platform and event in the world. So check it out, and you can check out um, lots of different things. We, we help promote a lot of different cool things that are going on all over the place. Awesome. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for being here today and just sharing all your wisdom. I mean, there is just so much good stuff in there. Um, so I had a wonderful time and I really appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. Yep. <laughs> Good.